Hey Gorag. Hey, what's up? Uh, nothing. Thanks for coming all this way to read the commercial this week. Yeah, it was only like, what, a few days since I've been here? Uh, yeah, but it's gotta be better than hanging out where you were, right? I guess so. Uh, but what do you want me to do? Just a regular thing? Yeah, if you could. Um, and, uh, this week, well, this episode, we're, we're doing, uh, uh, our guest is Adam Stimpy Jones. So, uh, have you two met? No, I don't think so. Uh, hey, what's up? What's going on, Goreg? <laughs> it's Goreg, but, uh, yeah, hey, how's it going? Are you gonna be here when I'm reading this? Sure, I'll, I'll be good. Alright, well, uh, I'll let you do your thing. I got some, I gotta go, so, uh, try and be nice, and, uh, Adam, if you see anything wrong, just tell him and he'll redo it, right? Yeah, I'll, I'll redo it, it's fine, whatever. Alright, well, uh, I guess I'll just go and do your thing, do your thing. I'll, I'll be back. That guy fucking gets on my nerves. Calling me all the way up, calling me all the way up here, just to read his shitty commercials for his do nothing podcast. Uh, so what's what's the deal with you? Why are you here? Are you a guest? I'm the guest on this, or co-guest on this episode. And you're just smiling at me like you've seen a demon before. Just smile at you because I've never seen it. Alright, well, try to stay out of the way and I won't cut you in half with my tail. Uh, hey everybody, it's your old pal Gorag the Slayer. Uh, tonight's episode is brought to you by Donkey Paw Screen Print and Design. You can talk to Randy the Dream Wharton uh, by calling him at 713-732-6935. Or you can email him at donkeypaw at yahoo.com. Uh, Donkey Paul, screen prints on hats, shirts, posters, stickers, koozies, and skateboards. Pretty much anything that be, can be screen printed on, he'll screen print on them. They're located at, uh, on Commerce Street in Houston, Texas. And, uh, he ships worldwide, so if you have any shit to print, he'll fucking send it out to you. We're also brought to you by this guy's company, LoneStarButtons.com. Uh, I suppose you have hairy tits that people can lick. That is the, that is reserved for the most special of people. I doubt it, but whatever you say. Uh, you can email you. <laughs> the listener can email you at info at LoneStarButtons.com, correct? Yes, that is correct. And they can call you at 281-798-1996, correct? Yes, sir. And they can say they want to suck on your hairy tits, correct? They're very welcome to say that. And they do say that, correct? I've heard that many times. Alright. You offer buttons in multiple sizes and shapes at a reasonable cost. You've been doing this for 16 years, and you most likely won't fuck anything up, correct? That is correct. You're so subservient. I wish I could just take you down there with me when I leave here, but... Uh... You wouldn't last very long. I'm hungry already, and it's all I can do but not chew your face off right now. Uh, we're also brought to you by Ectopic Works. Did I do your... Yeah, I did your... your uh, we're also brought to you by Ectopic Works, and this is a company with no website and no Facebook page. Just an email. 
So if you want some high quality art reproductions made, uh, it's G-clay printing, or Z-clay as the French call it. Uh, so it's pretty accurate, and the guy knows what he's doing. It's uh, Dennis Bateman's shop. He runs it out of his palatial estate in... Where does he live, Alvin? Manville. Manville, Texas. He has a, a printer there that can run on pretty much any material he can show through that printer. Pretty interesting. But yeah, if you want to get in touch with that guy, all you have to do is email Mr. Bateman. That's M-R-B-A-T-E-M-A-N at ectopicworks.com. Ectopic is spelled E-C-T-O-P-I-C works w-o-r-k-s dot com and that's it for my job i'm gonna go uh i guess i'll do whatever mr Dieter wants me to do that's why he's summoning me right what are you gonna do adam jones i have no clue whoa this is gonna be an interesting podcast i can tell already all right uh i guess enjoy the show or whatever i gotta kill something while i'm here but i guess i'll go next door because everybody in this house is very instrumental in putting on a good podcast, I can tell. Kill the leaf blower across the street. Maybe I'll go do that. I need some ball- bones to- I need some balls to on. So I was about to say, but I need some bones to chew, I guess, or whatever. They don't have a lot of vitamin D down there. Not a lot of sunlight either. Maybe I'll just go sunbathe in the backyard. Anyway, I think this commercial's gone on far too long. And, uh, you have better things to listen to. So, I'm gonna take my storm and storm out of here. Enjoy the show. that too long it might be a little too long yeah whatever hey everybody uh thanks for listening to episode 33 of revenge of the world podcast and today in the am is it still the am uh-huh. technically yeah sorry about that guys uh we have to my left matthew tilly i don't have a nickname for you yet yeah you'll get it i'm is sure you'll figure it, is it out. bright's burden tilly no no, no no you gotta come with something cool okay <laughs> Uh, and back after a long hiatus, uh, what's your name again? Adam, 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 Adam Stimpy Jones is back and I couldn't be more excited. (laughs) (laughs) So what's up guys? Can I ask you a question? Yeah, sure. Are your buttons your passion or is that just a thing like that you do as a business? Like are you the button guy? It... When I first started, it was really hardcore, my passion. Mm-hmm. It's kind of faded, but now it's coming back. And so I'm trying to... So I'm Gabe, I've been lacking some motivation lately because my regular job is draining me. Oh. But I have some ideas in my head. That so I'm you do make. buttons on the side? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not it's, a full-time button guy. It's not the 9 to not 5. Not yet. That, that's kind of my... I have ideas in my head that I've been rolling around trying to figure out ways to... Are you automated? Or is this... Not a, yet. It's one by one. Jeez. I did get a new cutter. He's really fast, though. <laughs> He's brought his uh, equipment over and fucking Once jammed out 100 in, like, what, 
30 minutes. 30 minutes. Because once they're cut, I can knock out about 100, uh, 200 an hour. That's pretty good. So, and I, got, I bought a new cutter that cuts way down on my cutting time. Uh, and how does how does that work? Like, do you have a sheet of, you have a printed out sheet and you have to just... Well, typically it was, you just cut them into strips and you have like a little thing that you line it up and cut one at a time. Uh-huh. Now I have it where when you print them, you just kind of line up all three, four pages. Mm-hmm. And then it has these dies you put and it cuts through all of them at once. Oh, that's awesome. So, yeah, it, can, it says it can cut up to 35 pages. But I severely, by the time, normally by the time I get through four pages, it's already starting to shift a little bit. Oh, really? Yeah. 35. Well, I mean, it's heavy duty, so, I mean, it has a big handle. You just push with two hands down, and it just cuts right through the paper, and those dies are sharp. You should have brought your stuff, man. You could have done a demonstration. We've done podcasts with him making yes. buttons, and it's it's annoying to me, but I'm sure nobody else <laughs> notices. Uh, so what's up, Matt? Matthew? What do you go by? Matthew. Just Matthew. It sounds, I think, more um, dignified. More dignified, okay. Uh, <laughs> I, I went through your Facebook uh, page today, and I'm like, all right, this guy's got a really good sense of humor. Uh, That's very sweet of you. And uh, did you find a place to live? No, no. no. <laughs> That's like, okay, so... <laughs> this guy wants to live on a lake house. Uh, okay, okay. So the reason I put that on Facebook is because, like, we might be losing our apartment. Our landlord decided to sell. Mm-hmm. Um, we've been with her so long. Like, even if we didn't renew our lease, we would be like... Hey, can we like go four months just pay per month? And they should be like, fine. And then we'd be like, no, we're not moving. We'll just renew our lease. So we've done this for a while. But mm-hmm. she, uh, our lease was up in August. So I assumed that we would just do something like renew or something like that. But she was like, I'm going to sell the place. So all of a sudden, at any moment, like we're showing the apartment right now, uh, it could be sold at any moment. So I thought if I was going to ask to stay at a place, I want a pool or a lake, you know, so I was just like going for the best case scenario. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. I should have just asked for anywhere to stay, but would the, uh, would the buyer still rent out the place or depends if it's an investor. Uh, okay. And this old woman came by the other day and she saw all my artwork mm-hmm. and, uh, I was like walking my dog while she was looking at the place and, uh, she's an artist and she like had this very sympathetic point of view. So I hope she buys the place cause she wants to like rent it out to me. That's cool. I'll say if you can convince your old landlord to sign you for another lease, they'd have to abide by it if they bought it. But oh yeah, mm. yeah, because it's illegally binding. You know, when you buy the company, you buy the lease with it. So. Right. Oh, that sounds like Not some the trickery. Case. Not the case. You just convince her to do it before she sells it. Then they're <laughs> obligated. So since you brought up your artwork, what, what do you? What do you? Uh, are you printing soon or? Um, I'm trying, okay, a lot of people... I saw, I looked at your Instagram feed, too, and you have a shitload of work. Yeah, yeah, well, okay, so a lot of people disagree with me about this, uh-huh. and uh, you particularly are an artist, so um, uh, I'm sure you have an opinion on this, but I have a certain level of quality that I want my drawings to be at before I really proceed. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to be perfect, it doesn't have to be like um, something super stellar. But I'm working through some amateur shit right now that I want to at least get to a medium level. Like what? Um, okay, like some of my line work. It's just um, I know where I'm unstable. I know where I have proportion problems. Uh, uh, 
you know when you like fucking flip the paper backwards and you hold it to the light and everything mm-hmm. looks like yeah. wrong? Yeah. Uh, I want to get some of my basics down because uh, I'm relatively new to this. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to invest in a major project. Like I don't want to be like I'm going to start drawing like my first comic until I feel comfortable with the uh, product that I'm going to be sending out to people. Mm-hmm. So I'm using this uh, Instagram thing as like my practice. Like every single day I try to draw a picture. I took like the last week off, but uh, normally every single day I draw like something. And uh, I'm using this as a way to have like motivation because like mm-hmm. people respond to it, people interact with it. Uh, I get feedback. That's really cool and I, it feels good. And I also... You know, you kind of get the sense. It's really weird because sometimes you'll love a picture mm-hmm. and nobody else will like it. Or right. sometimes you'll think, I just drew a shit picture and everybody likes it. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest thing. So uh, I, I get to like understand how people feel about things, you know. So uh-huh. I'm using my Instagram as basically a, uh, a practice space so I can truly do what I want to, hopefully in a few months. Because mm-hmm. what I've been doing in the like, past few weeks, I'm getting really happy with. So Good. I do have an opinion on that. Do it! If you publish what you start with, Um. and I'm using myself as an example, people get along for the ride. And, like, you'll see... I can't tell you how many many times people have uh, approached me and, and told me they've watched my work progress... Mm-hmm. And it's how fun it is for them. So that's actually part see, of the joy of it for you, right? Like uh, for them, it's like to see you your story going. Yeah, I mean, the worst thing you can be as an artist is uh, at a stagnant level, you know. Sure. And there's there's always going to be a starting point. And my and, my dad's like British, so like I'm a super jerk about things. Like, uh-huh. uh, but uh, like when I was growing up reading comics, like Donald mm-hmm. Duck comics or Tintin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it, it was always Tintin. It was always Donald Duck. It looked the same every single thing. So right. I'm afraid of creating a product that has uh, this continuity, mm-hmm. uh, like a variability over, like let's say, five years. You know, like I don't want uh, a Simpsons scenario where my first season looks like uh, some, you know, drunk person drew it, and then you know, then you have your final product. But I know I also can't avoid that. So it's funny. I'm just being too it's picky. funny that you use that as an example because that's. That's animation, and that is contradicting the goal of a creative artist I such know. as yourself. I'm just an asshole. You're not an asshole. It's just a different. Uh... It worked out quite well for The Simpsons, though. It did. It did. And that's, well, that's what I'm saying. Like if these things if are. See, if you see Tracy Ullman's Simpsons, <laughs> uh, well, it... there was a benchmark well, that no, but could it... be. Uh... But it launched them, you know, exactly to what they are now. Yeah, uh, I saw a picture of Jake uh, from Adventure Time, like uh-huh. from the first season. Yeah, yeah. What it is now, I, I saw this the other day on Reddit, and um, it's a big difference. It's a big difference. Like it, it, you don't even see it, you don't even realize it, but mm-hmm. it's a pretty big difference. Like I, I was surprised because I didn't think there was any uh, continuity differences in like a show like Adventure Time, but there, right, there are, you know. Yeah. So I got to get over this fucking hangover and just you're. Do it. <laughs> I mean, I went to the very bottom of your Instagram, and the work there was phenomenal. I really? Mean, yeah. Oh god. It was great. I mean, I could see the progress, the the progress. I could see the progress <laughs> up to the top. Uh, 
but it's just natural. I mean, it's not bad. It's just better. It's it's this false standards dilemma, and I just have to get over it. Yeah. Because I don't want to, I don't want to let anybody down. I don't want to let myself down. I want to deliver the best product uh, possible. But I think if you have that mindset, you might not just ever do anything. Exactly. So. Yeah. How did, okay, when, sorry, Stimpy's completely cut out of the conversation. Uh, I'm when honest. I met you, you handed me this zine, uh-huh. and it blew me the fuck away. Well, I appreciate Can you tell that. me the story on that? Because Well, I was trying to... Okay, so I live in the woodlands, and it is a... Uh, it's like a dis- heart-destroying bubble. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, yes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But I knew a lot of people there that were talented. Like, uh-huh. I knew a lot of people there who had a lot of skills in a lot of different areas. Uh, like, you get drunk with a guy at a bar, and he's drawing on a napkin... And he walks away, and you're like, holy shit, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, you know? Uh, but then, you know, he doesn't ever do anything with it, you know? Yeah. So I tried to create a medium where I could get people to contribute. And, uh, you know, it was kind of cool. For, like, the first couple months, it worked. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I was getting people's, I guess, their best stuff or something. Um, but then, like, come, like, month three or four, it just... I mean, I guess it's why they're not doing stuff because nothing came in after that. So, right. And I was like, you know, I was like calling people. I started even like kind of betraying the plan because I was like, I'd like get a contributor from Houston or something. I was like, no, I want, like, I wanted people here, uh-huh. uh, but I, I also didn't want to kill this thing. That's so. one of the coolest <laughs> compilation books I've ever seen. Well, that's very sweet. And I have that. You know, that's all zines right there you really think it's that good (laughs) it's very fucking good and i've done i've done one that i'm very proud of that is like 10 times better i it just broke my heart because i wanted people to actively want to commute like uh contribute and Mm -hmm. i couldn't find it in the woodlands it's tough i mean i i did three issues of 22 veins the first issue was just my friends Mm -hmm. that was the easiest and most questionable of quality. The second one was uh, friends and acquaintances, you know. Uh, so you start like, expanding were, your... There were more contributors, yeah. but the level, you know, came up a little bit. And then the third issue, I just went, you know, I'll start emailing people across the world and see what I get. That's awesome. Man. And I got freaking the top of my the people i look up to actually said yes that's fucking and i made a a great book but the people (laughs) the people that contributed don't didn't actually have anything to do with the production of the book so it's more like me making a book about them shit yeah and uh i mean I'd much rather have that kind of situation. Well, it's like everybody kicks in. If I can make what it work, they want to do, I would know? love to. You know, um, but that was what three, four years ago. Yeah, Something I think like so. That? Yeah, mm. and it was a shitload of work. I mean, I, I, I never realized how hard it is just to like. I mean, even thinking about things like how many pages you have and how many pieces of paper you have to print out to make sure those pages like fit evenly into that. Um, just like. Doing things like 
giving credit to people, like making like all this typesetting. You know, like mm-hmm. it takes a lot of work. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of work in that book. So uh, you know, I was doing this at my job, which I feel bad about. Uh-huh. But you know, like uh, like my boss would like walk by the door, and I'd be like making a map for uh, my oil company, <laughs> and like she'd walk by, and I'd be like like typing out <laughs> something for the scene. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it was like it, it feels like rock and roll, and I like it. So. I I kind of have the same situation. <laughs> <laughs> Everything I've done, I've done at work, but uh, I try to keep as little of it on the clock as possible. That's that's about that's very <laughs> noble of you. <laughs> Hope they never hear this. I was about to say, yeah. Um. So, you've been asking me for advice on stuff. Yeah. But you don't really need it since you made that. Like, what are you, what are you trying to get away from as far as that to where you're going now? Well, okay, so mostly it's and about, is that available? Is that available anywhere? No, no, no. I mean, I, it's just done. I mean, I could always print it out again, but um, that's all. I mean, and this was printed for my office at work. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's like deja vu for Gabe. Yeah. Um. So, like, I ask you for advice because, like, I don't know, but I kind of assume mm-hmm. that you're doing well with what you're doing. Like, uh, none of us are going to be rich off of anything like this. No. Like, we're never going to no. be. Like, we're n- I mean, somebody might explode into some sort of rock star status somewhere, but uh, 99% of the time, we're going to be doing this as a labor of love, right? Right. So, uh, when it comes to, like, prints and things like this, uh, I, I got to... I got to adjust for being poor. Like I got to find out what's the best way I can do this, where I provide quality while at the same time not being ripped off or something because I don't know what I'm doing. Not even right. ripped off, just doing the wrong way. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I I turn to you for advice because I feel like you know a lot more than I do. So uh, I mean, I'm creative and I am. Uh, what's the word that's not offensive? Uh, I know how to do things on the cheap mm-hmm. that work. And uh, that's cool. But I also want to yeah. like I also want to turn to somebody who has uh, you know experience in the right way to do things. I always do things uh, as like ghetto rigged as I can. Yeah. Uh, that's just cuz I'm ADD and I don't <laughs> think about things until the last second. Well, there's a lot of a lot of ways to go about things, but uh I I think going as cheap as you possibly can just means that you put more effort into it yourself. Uh huh. So that's not a bad thing. It's I mean, not. I but mean, I, but I, I'm also learning as I get older to not take certain shortcuts that I used to. You know. Right. Right. Yeah. That's important. How do you guys feel about doomsday preppers? <laughs> uh, I was interested in that topic. Uh, a while ago, but I mean, as an interest, not as a hobby or anything like that. But uh, it's kind of fallen off my radar. I don't really I'm kinda, think about it all that much. I'm seriously, I'm worried about it. Like, I think that as a movement, it's gonna go like kind of hardcore in the next two years. Really? Yeah. Like, I, I'm watching like a lot of things happen. Like, I know people, like certain people's parents that I know, uh-huh. like buying food and shit. I get it. My coworker. I have a coworker. Really? Oh, yeah. He has... Him and his wife bought a bunch of the powdered eggs. Oh, shit. That's like... 
I think they have a five year. Do you know where he got it from or what he's watching? Like, where is he getting his information from? His wife. Alex a, Jones commercials. <laughs> his wife is a heavy consumer of the extreme right wing Facebook pages and websites. Uh-huh. So every little thing that Obama does is like <laughs> he's coming for their guns. He's going to take over. He's going to destroy America. You know, every little, shut the grid down and take your food. Well, he really like he said that if they try to take his guns, he's going out in a blaze of glory. And my thought was, okay, yes, you have. He has uh, probably maybe a hundred guns and guns. What? How much the ammunition? Fuck? Can't even shoot all those at no, the same but, time. No, one thing is, <laughs> like a week to shoot. So my my point is, like I haven't told him this, but I thought if they come after you, it's gonna take a drone with a fifty caliber uh, machine gun on it. You're toast. Yeah, they're, not dude. Even, they're not even going to have to bring ground troops. It's just going to be drone over your house. You're done. Yeah. No, no. This is computers we're talking about. This is a drone with a laser that they makes one perfect shot and he's dead. You know, like this is not this is not like a Waco oh, siege. Well, like, he, this is he's building a house right now. Oh no! No, no. Like he had talked about building a concrete vault inside his house. Blast shields. Yeah. Wow. I mean, I don't know if he actually did. He hasn't admitted to doing it. But that was part of his plan, and it's ever because once Obama got elected, I mean, he just went nuts on his conspiracy theories and everything. Just like you know, he's Obama is the best thing that's ever happened for the conspiracy. Oh, it uh, is realm. Whatever. Yeah. Well, there's a you know, there's a th- you know, it's he, not an industry per se, but well, because he's always like he's a Muslim. He's a Muslim. It's like I saw. Uh, a meme yesterday that was like there's millions of Muslims. Well, no, he's I not... saw a meme yesterday. It's like he's Obama, pro gay rights, pro women, drinks beer, eats bacon, and shaves. He's a Muslim, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but it, I don't know. It's just and then another coworker of mine, her mother is super religious, and because of everything that's happening, gays being able to marry and everything, Obama in the White House. That she thinks the apocalypse is coming. Jesus Christ. Like, okay, so like this is one of my rapture, favorite yeah. things because every every generation, every generation has thought the apocalypse was coming. Yeah. Um, this is you can uh, you can go back to uh, uh, Aristotle and he there's quotes from Aristotle where he's like saying the youth of this generation are so degenerate. You know, like uh, every generation thinks the next generation is like falling the fuck off the cliff. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's bullshit. Like uh, most everything just gets better and better. Uh, but I, I, I'm particularly interested because I think with this thing where we have like kind of religion starting to fade away a little bit, and we have people that are really scared about that, like uh, religion has always been there, and that's been a pretty constant. But now as we have like this more secular worldview, I think uh, the worry of the religious people is, is intensifying. So I think this is like the the doomsday scenario is just getting bigger and bigger. And I'm really interested about what's going to happen because I think it's going to come to a head soon. Like I think uh, it's almost like uh, Christians, especially, you know, United States Christians, they're going to have to come to like some sort of realization soon because they can't be doing this like the world's going to end any time for the next 10 years. Because at some point you got to say, when did Jesus not come back? You know, like what's... Why is this not happening? And I'm, I'm interested in that. Even if he was to come back, there's going to be probably plenty of people who will call him a kook. Jesus? Yeah. Oh, wait, are you religious? I'm more spiritual than religious. Okay. But 
But think, if somebody came back and said, I'm Jesus, which, get ridic- which is happening at this very moment. There's people who do it all the time, <laughs> and they're going to get ridiculed. And so even if he even if he was If there was back, a real Jesus and came back, nobody would believe him at all. No, because he wouldn't be white. Oh, yes, he would, be, he would look very Hasidic. <laughs> hey, oh, that's, that's what, true. That's what I'm saying. It, they, people have this view that he's a white man with a beard and long hair. Sorry, he wasn't the only white man in the in the Middle Eastern area <laughs> 2,000 years ago. It doesn't work that way. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm saying. He would come back more, probably the skin tone of most Muslims, which people wouldn't believe. They did a, uh, <laughs> a recreation of I mean, uh, like what the average uh, Jewish person would look like from the area that Jesus like grew up in, mm-hmm. and you know it looks very. Um, it, it's not like a you know white California Jew. Um, it's it's it looks very Middle Eastern, and uh, that's the that, that that is really the most I think shocking thing I think if people actually saw whatever Jesus was, whoever Jesus was, because I, I mean uh, if we're speaking historically, there probably was a Jesus. Um, in some form or fashion. Well, he's mentioned in numerous religious Exactly. Texts, just not so, necessarily he's the son of God, depending but on... But I think if anybody saw him, it would just be this, like, this shock. Because he wasn't a rich person. He wasn't, um... He wasn't... Did he didn't come from a, a, an affluent family or anything. He probably looked like a, like a, a working class, very dark-skinned uh, Middle Eastern. And I think that's amazing. That That's the further... That's what... United the United States Christians hate the most. They're scared of that the very most, and that's what I think is hilarious. Like they they are so scared of uh, anything Muslim-ish. It's not even just Muslims. Mexicans are close. <laughs> are close <laughs> enough to be afraid of. Well, I went whenever I was in college. I went to University of Houston Clear Lake. Uh-huh. There's a very large span, uh, population of Indian students. Uh-huh. And some of the Sikh religion where they wear the headdresses. Mm-hmm. And I was going to school during when 9-11 happened. Oh, God. And so you would hear people talking in the hall. It's like, that fucking Muslim walking around with his turban and on. Like, that's not even remotely it's, related. And it's like, you know he's not Muslim, right? You do realize he's a totally different religion. Just because Muslims aren't really the turban type. You know, that's... <laughs> and then, then also a lot of the Indian students there... Were, <clears throat> were born again Christians. Mm-hmm. Like they've come to this country, or they in their country they found Christianity, and they've come to this country. But all the people saw was the color of their skin and assumed. And I was like, I know that guy. He's a Christian. He's probably more Christian than you are. He probably goes to church twice a week, you know. And it. I've yeah. always wanted to, to, to like dive into post nine eleven, like like immediately after nine eleven, how that affected like a Muslim communities. But what you're saying is even more interesting because these are people who have nothing to do with uh, Islam. Well, there's, I mean, I know there's a couple convenience stores that were targeted like days after 9-11 for people that weren't Muslim. Yeah. And they just looked at it. And then, you know, like I say, you have the rednecks and the, you know, extreme and also, like, kill all Muslim, you know. It's like, well, first know what you're fighting because you're just looking stupid when you attack something that's not true. And then... On top I wonder of that, how many Sikhs got beat up. That th- I mean, there's probably quite a few. Yeah. I mean, because um, all people like say they see the turban and they assume Muslim. Right. But but it, it's so it's it's so like base like uh it's it's just like it's not a really illogical. It, there's nothing like going on there except I'm scared. You know, 
like I'm scared. This is weird. I'm going to beat it up. You know, mm-hmm. like there's they're not really even processing much information. They just see a very general blur. This is a brown thing with something that looks Middle Eastern. I'm worried. I'm well, sure. I'm sure the Japanese got beat up in America well, after Pearl Harbor. We put them in fucking yeah. camps. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. And also, the I read in some interesting articles. You know, when communism fell in the late '80s, from the late '80s till 9/11, they didn't really have anything to scare the U.S. people with. Right. Because before them, communist, communist, the red. You know. All this other stuff would scare people, especially in the 60s and, you know. Oh, yeah. Then after that, there was nothing to kind of scare people or even, you know, I don't know, kind of. Until those damn Tom Clancy novels came Are out. Are we getting into conspiracy <laughs> level? <laughs> well, no, it's just, one of the, it's just one of those weird things that once 9-11 happened, then all of a sudden Muslims and terrorism was the big thing to force upon the public, and it really did kind of. No, it, it's, it's, I will and certainly I think, give you that it's a tool. For fear, it's and, a tool for manipulation. And I think the the abundance of how people have so much access to internet, Facebook pages, and websites that have no basis in fact, right. but because that's how they believe, they believe it to be true. And I think that's <laughs> one reason you have such a <coughs> craziness. Like say, go back to doomsday preppers is when people can put up anything on the on the internet, whether it's true or not, and other people choose to believe it. Well, I don't feel bad for, like, I, I don't, when people get taken advantage of, I don't think they're stupid. Like, people who uh, are getting, like, older people who get taken advantage of, like, by this whole doomsday thing, I don't think they're stupid. I think it's very easy to take advantage of people, and I feel bad for that fact. But uh, fear is uh, an, a mode that we operate on a lot, and it takes a lot to not operate on fear. So, when I see, like, a, a person in their 60s and they are being taken advantage of by someone. I, you know, I, I don't really blame them. I, I blame this person who's intentionally trying to, you know, use them to get money out of them. Uh, it's very easy to think people are stupid and stuff like that, but I'm, I try to stay away from those kind of ideas because well, I think they, I, they, I think we can all get caught up in stuff. You well, know? I think they truly want to believe. Of course what they, they do. Because it's, it's part of their core beliefs, and they want to believe that what's happening reinforces their core beliefs and like when you start with something like um, a faith-based value like a value belief system um these people oh they're they're truly worried that this is prophesized about like this is in revelations or something like that you know like revelations is like a a a breakup letter with the romans i mean it doesn't really apply to anything else it doesn't apply to like russia like reagan did in the 80s it doesn't apply to Iraq, like we're trying to like make it happen now, uh, but people are truly scared. Believers are truly scared that it applies to like these real world situations, and I think they're wrong. I just can't fault them for uh, believing something. You know, like yeah. I, I don't, I don't agree with them at all. But if somebody's believing in something, it, they're not doing it to be dicks. You know, they're just believing it. This is getting heavy. Who profits from it, though? I mean... <laughs> People who are selling something. <laughs> the military-industrial complex. Oh, yeah, that's, that's the making, entire story. You would think that there would be <laughs> less confidence since terrorism, by design, is, is supposed to work against the uh, 
big countries with the military. And uh, when they attack and are insane budgets that we throw towards towards our military can't protect us from that. What do we do after 9-11? More. More, yeah. More, more, more. Like, so much more. And it goes into the private system where, you know, this podcast is probably being listened to by a computer in uh, Arizona somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) I have no doubt that I'm on a list. And that's not a conspiracy thing. That's just everybody's being watched. Yeah, I don't give a fuck anymore. Well. If you, I, I I am too. I watch weird porn, you know. Okay. <laughs> I, I was a marketing major, and I can tell you, this guy's googling just, Russian girls. Well, no, just the He's amount a of communists. The amount of companies that are linked together, some way or the other, any information that they can, like, could tie between you, whether you're on face, like when you go to Facebook to another web page, mm-hmm. they can track you to that. Oh yeah. And. So it doesn't take much for a database, and there's <clears throat> such private databases of everything that they can link you to, because if you go from Facebook to Amazon, and then Amazon to another site, and another site, they're all somehow linked together. They know your buying habits. They know where you live. They know... I mean, that's all part of this uh, tracking that marketers mm-hmm. tried to do, and now like Walmart has a, such a large... Database of what you're shopping for, when you shop for it. And people say, well, they can't track me. It's like when you swipe your credit card, Mm -hmm. they can track that credit card number to every other purchase made with that credit card. I mean, that's why Kroger's use those Kroger cards. It's just a very easier way for them to track you because you already have your information in there. If Whether you pay cash or credit or what. Kroger can track you or Randall's or whatever. I've always wanted to be like a a William S. Burroughs or... uh, Hunter Thompson person where uh, like I know all that's happening mm-hmm. but I don't care like I like I'm just like, gonna drink myself like, to death like track me <laughs> track like just track this shit do it <laughs> go on this fucking ride with me just do it <laughs> I don't give a shit God. just give him something to talk about in the in water cooler there's uh, this really weird guy in Texas. <laughs> Buying jelly, he's buying a jar of jelly beans every fucking day. <laughs> what is he doing with these jelly beans? <laughs> like, we gotta send out some agents. <laughs> jelly beans and lube. What the fuck? <laughs> he can make a bomb with it. He's my diver. <laughs> instead of nails, and like the instead of nails that they use like for shrapnel, you have jelly beans. It's got to be the ones that are like are all the different flavors, though. A military transport train was derailed today <laughs> with jelly beans and lube. <laughs> the dirty, jelly bean IUD. Dirty, delicious bum. <laughs> Good God. All right, I think we should, uh, we should go to something light. Uh, light this lighter. Is, this is an interesting story that uh, Adam brought to my attention. You might be able to weigh in on... Uh, a friend of yours was had a design well, that I know. he put online. Well, it was a, a friend of a friend. Okay. Like, uh, Just tell the story. I have another friend who does a podcast. I'm going to grab a coffee because I've heard this yeah. story. He, he does a podcast, but he has he's friends with musicians, artists. Uh, you want a coffee? I'm good. 
uh, he's friends, like I say, he's friends with musicians, artists, comics, and you know, comedians and people. You know, he just he does his own podcast where he interviews these people. But one of his friends had created a parody of the Wu Tang Clan logo. Uh-huh. The the W, but right. used Krang from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and made it. Okay. And so, like, but I think he just, the guy, I don't think was selling anything. I think he just drew it and put on his Facebook page or whatever on his portfolio or whatnot. Right. Well, a hip-hop clothing company flat out stole his design. Mm-hmm. Didn't even try to redraw it or anything. Just stole it and put it on shirts and were selling it. Well, my friend called them out on his Facebook page last night saying the name of the company, you know, hey, you stole this person's art. You know, and you're not even giving it credit. You're not even trying to compensate them. You're not doing anything. You just flat out stole their art. <clears throat> the company then came back and said, since the person who drew it technically stole Wunte Clan's logo and something from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, that's that, obviously a fallacy of like a bad argument. But Well, no, but they said since he stole it from them and technically he cannot profit off of another person's copyright or trademark. That they can steal his design and put it on their shirts and profit it off of without giving him any uh, compensation or anything. Well, I think any lawyer would say that's just what that the person is yeah. saying is fiction. I mean, this well, is no, not... they were arguing. I mean, they put it on like the thread of the Facebook thing. They were arguing this. They admitted to stealing the guy's information. What I'm saying is, in a court of law, that what that person is saying is completely fiction. Oh yeah, like um, that's what they were arguing. So were, if he wants to take this somewhere, he will win. But the, these people who stole this, this is not a good argument. No, and that's the thing. Like they were putting all this stuff up, arguing their point, and they brought up some stuff from like the UK and all this other, you know. But after a while, and not they, US prop. Uh. But I think after a while, they realized what they they were putting all this stuff up there that they did steal this idea or steal it flat out. Didn't even try to redraw it. Just flat out stole it. That they started deleting all their Facebook posts that they put on it. <laughs> but apparently my friend screen capped all of them. And uh, he's already made a threat to, I think... He he also writes articles for New Noise Magazine and some other... Uh, oh, so they fucked with the wrong person. Well, no, they, well my friend who does the podcast... So he's willing, oh, gotcha, to, he's willing to stand gotcha. up for his friend. Right, right, right. And then he also mentioned that, you know, he, I think he's written stuff for Vice before. So he's like, this might make a good Vice article if they Fuck don't yeah. take it down. So I think he's... What's might, the name of the company? That stole the idea? Yeah. Uh, apparel Gang. Apparel Gang. And they have a bunch, on their website, it's basically a bunch of, basically taking different people, you know, trademarks and just doing their own, and printing shirts off of it. Well, an illustration, no matter what it is, is an intellectual property of the illustrator. I mean, he signed it, right? I don't know if he signed I don't know. I mean, I'm, it doesn't really matter, but if he, if he has the original drawing... Well, like I said, they've already admitted that they stole his stuff. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. They're just saying because he took from other sources to that, parody something that he was stealing, which is incorrect. But So they're basically saying, since you stole, we can steal from you and not pay you. Is what they're basically insinuating, because he's not paying... Well, they're going to have to pay Nickelodeon and Wu-Tang Clan and the illustrator. I mean, if, so, yeah, if, if it goes to court, yeah. Those, God, I fucking love Krang. He's so cool. <laughs> A weird idea. It's like fleshy robot with like a brain thing. Yeah, a tentacle brain. It's a great idea. It's just, I, I watched this shit as a kid. I didn't even think about it, but it's just really creative. Uh huh. Yeah, a brain with a face and sharp teeth. 
where's the stomach inside the brain that's going to digest the food that that mouth eats? Pretty weird. Does the brain have an asshole? We don't know. Is there Rule 34 on this? (laughs) I don't know if you've ever noticed the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park don't have any assholes either. Really? What? How did... How did you find this? Are you paying particularly no, close attention? I, I can't even take credit for that. I listened to some of the Kevin Smith podcast, and that's one of his big things about dinosaurs in Jurassic Park is they do not have assholes. Why is he so concerned about this? Kevin I was Smith, I was Smith watching uh, with assholes. I was watching Getting High with Doug, or Getting Doug with High. Uh, Jack Black was the uh, the guest, and uh, Doug Benson says, uh, "You know." <laughs> Uh, in King Kong, you know what would have been great if, uh, instead of bringing back a giant gorilla that'll terrorize a city, a dinosaur. <laughs> Did anybody ever think of that? Like, that's kind of a major plot, a uh, whole plot. Plot hole? Yeah, plot hole. Whole plot. Whole plot. <laughs> yeah, okay, so there's dinosaurs on the, the King Kong Island, right? There's dinosaurs, there's giant worms, there's Giant insects, and they're like, "Let's bring back this mammal." <laughs> giant. Let's not get this gorilla. like this extinct creature. We're just gonna get like know. a giant monkey, you know? They didn't have a crane or anything to like get this thing in a dinghy <laughs> to get back to the ship. Anyway, maybe it was easiest to lure away with bananas on a stick. How do they? Yeah, how do I forget? Because I walked out of uh, the Jack Black uh, King Kong. I, I, you I th- walked out of it. Yeah, I thought the graphics were really embarrassing. There's this one scene what? where. Like, Okay, there's one scene like where they're running like between dinosaur legs. Oh yeah, yeah. And no, I was no, like, that "Holy was... shit!" And then I walked away. <sighs> yeah, that was maybe the weakest part of the movie. It just seems other like... than the whole strange. plot. <laughs> uh, was Adrian Brodog in that movie? Yes, he was. He was a, a writer of sorts. So, how about some news? You guys want to see what's out there right now? Yeah. Sure. All right. Sounds very serious. We all know what time it is. It's time for the news. With Gabriel Theater and friends. Okay, so that <laughs> go ahead and laugh. That's the thing Let it out. It's, it's interesting it to hear it in person than it is on the actual podcast. Uh, so I was reading this morning, and there's this whole thing with uh, police versus Obama uh-huh. over Obama's statements having to do with uh, Black Lives Matter and how I guess he hasn't said anything about the cop that got killed. No, he did. He did. He did. What yeah. did he say? He said that uh, violence against police is, you know, um, I mean, it's it's, it's the same shit. He just said unacceptable. Like it's a very Basic that, statement, but he but said something. But it didn't make very many news broadcasts. Uh, Even though he mentioned something about it, it's been kind of like people are still people are under the assumption he hasn't said anything. Of course, it's unacceptable. So he's supposed to declare martial law. Like, yeah, yeah, he's got to do something extreme to make <laughs> this count. You know, he's got to like suck a police officer's dick on camera or something. I could go way worse with that. I'm not <laughs> going to. Uh, so yeah, that. If we want to leave it at that, we can, but <laughs> all right, well, it's a news we... topic, and I have to explore the situation. Look, uh, I, okay, I hate cops. I do. I hate cops. Um, what happened, the shooting, uh-huh. 
It's disgusting. It's yeah. a completely unacceptable. Like a no, no, like the the most bleeding heart liberal, like uh, like me. Like I, I hate cops. Uh, there should be no like happiness in this. Like I'm I'm very disgusted every single day about how many like uh, like unarmed blacks are shot by cops. Mm-hmm. But uh, I feel like some people have taken a little bit of like maybe he deserved it or something. And we have to approach this in a way that comp- that says this is completely unacceptable. Like, we can't say, uh, you know, fuck cops, I hope they die. No, we can't do that, you know? I disagree with a lot of, like, uh, police... Uh, uh, like, uh, there's corruption. A mm-hmm. lot of police officers know about corruption. Mm-hmm. They don't say anything. That makes me mad, right? Yeah. But we can't... Because they this. pick and choose the laws that they're supposed exactly. to Exactly. But we can't approach this situation and say uh, that there's anything to be gained from this. Uh, this is this is only a tragedy. We have to know this. And I think uh, there's been a few cases of like liberal outrage where it was like, uh, there was this one girl in Huntsville. Did you see this? She posted something where it was like, he probably yes. deserved it or some shit. He had, he had creepy eyes. Creepy eyes, yeah. She was arrested. Absolutely awful. Within 24 hours. Because she had warrants. Because she had warrants. Well, that's, that was, I mean. So we have to. That's police. Criticizing that's, bad cops and holding cops accountable to their actions. I mean, that's part of it. I mean, no matter what where you work, there's always going to be people who try to manipulate the system. Sure. Who aren't doing their job properly. The problem is, and I have a, I have a friend, He's he works for HPD, he's real good. He kind of equated to me this way. The police officer union and the teachers union are pretty much crappy. They protect you when you are in the right, uh-huh. but they also protect the people when they're in the wrong. The, he said, like, same thing. You could have a bad teacher, but they can't fire him because the union protects them. Same thing with a police officer. And, and- a police officer who, just like there was that... That police officer in Webster, he went to trial for um, roughing up somebody. His superior testified that he was abusive with his power, mm-hmm. but a jury still and see, I'm not, a, I'm did a, not convict him. I'm a fan of unions, but I understand why like people who like some people who are uh, more conservative minded um, have uh, certain problems with unions because they do protect a lot of people. And that becomes problematic in certain ways. Well, like I say, when they're not when they're protecting people who are hurting the union, mm-hmm. that is where. And because say my buddy who's at HPD, he's had people file claims against, file charges or complaints against him. That by the time they pulled the dash cam footage, or he's no longer on the streets, he's no uh, detective or lieutenant or something now. So he's, he's like in the office. Yeah, he's, okay. He's doing. He's. I think he's doing more detective work now. But he's whenever, not on the beat. But whenever he was on patrol, he worked um, like the third ward and fifth ward area, depending. Nice. So he had a lot of people filing complaints against him. So they'd have to, you know, they'd file the complaint and take it seriously and then go through the dash cam footage or whatever and realize that there's nothing there. So he but came the, out clean. But the problem is, he said he does know people, like, he knows people, he knows other officers who have done stuff that were wrong that have had complaints filed against them that were then basically whitewashed because internal affairs didn't believe it to be too bad. Okay. You know, so even, you know, or they might get a slap on the wrist of some desk duty for a week or something. Where well, we're talking about killing well, no, but that's unarmed. What, that's what I say. Even with something like that, a lot of times, unless it's 
just unless it's just flat out the guys like you know there's any ambiguity a lot of times they won't they won't convict him because like well he had dank on his feet you know and like you said sometimes that's not the right way to do it but okay so i'm not gonna have the names or facts here but what the last thing that happened where the guy the cop shot the guy in the car Mm -hmm. in the head while it was moving Mm -hmm. um I, i watched the video um you know you put yourself in the police officer's position um and let's say you're not a person who's comfortable with, uh, I would say, uh, ethnic diversity. Let's say you're a person who doesn't really branch out, right? Mm-hmm. So you walk up to this uh, black guy's car. Uh, you're already scared because you, you're you not familiar with their culture. Um, I try to understand everybody that I possibly can. Like, I try to say, like, this police officer, he probably wasn't maliciously shooting this guy in the head. But at the same time, his ignorance was the delivery system. You know, like he did not treat this person like a human being. Mm-hmm. He wasn't. He probably wasn't trying to murder an individual on purpose. Right. But this is a. This is this is uh, something that came about because he has uh, not tried to understand other people's entire life. And I think that's the most important thing. We cannot paint these people as intentionally evil or demons or villains. But it is important for us to say that uh, the pursuit of getting to know other people, the pursuit of getting to know other cultures, uh, things that we're not instantly comfortable with, these are good pursuits because they make us not vilify. They make us not, uh, we don't treat other cultures like they're this weird xenophobic thing, you know? We have to know other things that are different than us so that when we get in a situation around people, we don't treat them like they're scary things, you know? Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't think this cop killed a black guy because he hated a black guy. I think this cop killed a black guy because he didn't know what to do with the situation. Yeah. He, he's like, this is different than me and I'm scared, you know? Uh, which is equally bad. Like, it's still bad. But uh, the more I get to know about people, different cultures, it makes me feel more cold, like comfortable in this world. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, I get to realize everybody's pretty much the same fucking person as me. And I, uh, that's one of our major problems we have with this kind of redneck culture in Texas. It, it's so exclusive, you know? Mm. Well. Rebuttal. Go. <laughs> My cousin uh, was training to be a cop, and he got to ride along a few times as, I don't know, uh, I don't know what you a cadet, but well, you, uh, you can do ride alongs anytime. Really, but, I can yeah. schedule this. You go to yeah, you go to the PlayStation. They'll run your ID. Next sure podcast. You, <laughs> no, they'll run your ID. Make sure you don't have warrants. Uh-huh. And you can yeah, you can sit in the car and ride along with the officer anytime you want. Oh, I have warrants. <laughs> do you really? Galveston. Okay, you might not want to do that then. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, if you don't have warrants, you can any police any any uh, police in organization from any city, you can do ride alongs. Holy shit. That's an idea, but he was saying that uh, on those ride-alongs, I mean, it's not just he was sitting in the car. He he went to investigate stuff yeah. with the cop, and uh, just as a set of eyes. No, he didn't have to kill anybody, okay. but he did say he was exposed to people that he would not want to be exposed to in his personal life, and uh, which are hookers, pimps. Domestic violence, uh, drugs. But isn't that what you sign up for when you become a cop? It is. But 
being in that lifestyle, I mean, that's a when when you hear that bullshit that it's a really tough job, it kind of is oh, a I know. really fucking tough job. But my point is don't kill anybody unless your life is in danger. I sympathize with police officers at the same time as trying to hold them to the highest standards. Yeah. And that's yeah. a tough balance, you know. It is. It is. Because anything you say unless the person is a a, a thinking individual, they're going to say you fucking hate cops. Well, of so course, Matthew hates cops, but he understands well, it's a tough situation. job. In that same situation, the police are going against people who probably already doing something illegal, who already have something, you know, if you're running across a drug dealer or a pimp or a hooker, they're already doing something illegal, so they're already going to have an attitude towards the cop, and that's something that they have to deal with, and it sucks, because sometimes you have bad days, and you might smart off, you know, that's where, you know, sometimes they do get too rough with the with somebody for no reason, because they smarted off, well, you got to have some thicker skin in that job. And I'll be honest, like, 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 we were talking about my zine earlier. I did all of this at my job. I did this on some, like, I did this when I shouldn't have been doing this. We all do fucked up shit. It's just hard because police officers have the highest calling. Mm -hmm. Like, they they have people's lives in the line. They have... And they have more power than the average citizen. So, so we all... Well, that's why they need to be held to a higher standard. Exactly. We're all fuck-ups. And cops are fuck-ups, too. But when you're doing it, when you're fucking up and you have the most power, it's just... there's there's bigger consequences, you know. Yeah, and that's that's the scary part. And you know, I think if we do hold hold cops accountable at in court, going to jail, whatever, you're gonna get better cops out there, or they just won't be fuck ups. Well, just while they're on the clock. The problem you know? is, even when cops complain about other cops, uh-huh. then they become blacklisted. Oh, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that, I've read so many stories. Well, there's that, that story about that that. That deputy, or I don't know, I don't know who she was, but she, she was in Florida somewhere, and there's always some police car, no lights on, flying like 100 miles an hour down the freeway. Uh-huh. She finally caught up to them one night, and she pulled the cop out of his car at gunpoint. Like, she pulled this cop out of his car at gunpoint and arrested him because he was going like 100 miles an hour down the freeway, no lights on, in a marked car, outside of his jurisdiction. Because he, he was late to a secondary uh, a, yeah. a side job. I read that. Story. Like a guard job or something like that. Yeah, where they just sit in a bank or whatnot. Mm. And but she arrested him, and she had to resign her position because she was being threatened by other cops. And there's a way they can look up. God damn it! So what if she, what if she shot and killed him? Would she get the same leniency as if she shot a, a civilian? That would create a black hole, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but no, she was she was doing that like she'd get calls at all hours of the night. There'd be cars parked, a cop, police, marked police cars parked on her street near her house. This is police. It was probably because she's female. Well, I I think it's because she turned she arrested this other cop. I know, but if and, she if it was a male cop, he'd probably have a little bit less flack. You know, but I mean, mm. she had to resign because of the like they can look up in their system how many times somebody's been looked up by law enforcement. That's one way they can tell whether somebody's being targeted. Like, law enforcement just can't search a name over and over again because then it, they keep track of how many times somebody's been searched. Right. So her name was searched like over fifty times I'm by fucked. law enforcement agencies across the state of Florida, trying to figure out where she, you know, looking up her personal information, where she lived, phone number, all that was available. So, have you had much uh, problem with the law? 
I have not. Are you pretty clean? Yeah, I'm very clean. Oh, that's lucky. You don't do anything shady? No, not really. No? Do you ever like uh Never been caught. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just... You ever help me spray paint? <laughs> I don't know. We used to do some shady, <laughs> shady stuff on Cherrybrook Lane when we were over at John's on the weekends. But... I lie well. This face looks innocent. Um, or I've to. done some shady things in my younger days. So, yeah. all right. But... We yeah. talked poli- so police work versus Obama. Uh, Obama's gonna win with half the country, and half the country's just got another reason to hate him. Well, like I so said, even though he made a statement, people are gonna still be like, he wasn't sincere with his statement. So, if they even heard it. Next story is Star Wars Mania Part Three. Is this shit for real or what? <laughs> like, did you uh, Friday at midnight? There was a release of like a whole line of uh, Star oh, Wars yeah. merchandise, Force Friday. like really gross shit, like Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> <laughs> they put their name. I mean, here's the deal: Disney paid four billion dollars for this. They're going to make their money back. Yeah, I, I don't give a fuck. The movie's going to be great. The movie's going to be great. It looks wonderful. Well, I'm just I'm looking at it from a marketing merchandising. Okay, point Lucas of view. started the entire whoring out yes. of merchandising. No, but he did it right. He he catered to kids that wanted that shit. But now those kids are adults. Now those kids are adults. Income. They're buying Look. shit for themselves and their kids, yes. which my uh my brother-in-law is doing. They have a lot. I need TIE fighter potholders. <laughs> hey, as an adult, you have a lot more disposable income. I mean. That's true. I that, mean, that's the point. The people is. who grew up on these movies are now in their late 30s, early to late 40s. They're established in their careers. They've been fans. They're, they've got the money to spend the stuff they couldn't have when they and were now, kids. And now I'm seeing posts by these, uh, I'm going to say sad nerds. I mean that in the most respectful way possible. These sad nerds are sad because when they get to the store, all that shit is cleaned out by collectors. I mean, yeah, it's just, just like just wait three weeks. The mad collectors that get there at midnight when the shit hits. This the is shows. why all this confuses me because just, this this seems like a. This He's must, pointing at my toy collection. This this must break your heart. Like, uh, okay, whenever I've liked anything, uh-huh. whenever I've like had any like. Uh, Okay, I, I I made my very first collection of something the other day. They're these little uh, toys they sell in uh, fifty cent machines at the uh, grocery mm-hmm. store. I got all of the I've Adventure been there. Times. I've done that. <laughs> I, I couldn't get Finn forever. For uh-huh. that was the only one I couldn't get. My girlfriend goes to the grocery store the other day, puts fucking. I spent ten dollars one time. My girlfriend goes in the other day. She puts fifty cents in. She gets Finn. And I was like, wow, you got the like the one like the rarest one in the machine. And you, she wouldn't give it to you. No, no. <laughs> no, that was like her gift. She was like, I get it. I give you this. Did she get down on one knee? <laughs> kind of like this pr- presentation. I was like, no. The pr- no. presenting the a sword. Light, a light was glowing. <laughs> so yeah, like uh, but so that was like uh, impressive. Uh-huh. Every time I try to uh, collect something, yeah. there's some major disappointment there. Yeah, because like I'm like I, I I go into a store, it's it's gone. I I get online, it costs four hundred bucks. Uh, I, yeah. So your your collection, this is like a story of heartbreak and love. But see, this a lot of this I spent stuff four hundred on nothing in here. This this stuff is probably gonna be was very limited already back in the day. 
But all this new Star Wars stuff... Because it was made for kids. All the new Star Wars stuff, though, if it's sold out now, wait three, four weeks, they replenish the shelves, and it's going to be... I don't think they're going to limit certain things. They're just going to keep pumping it out there for everybody who wants one. What about the, the Urban thing, Outfitters Star Wars collection? I think the only thing that's going to be limited are the people who may possibly store it in their closet or you know hang it up in the packaging for 20 years. And that stuff might be worth something, but... I think too many people are going to oh, buy it and play yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, because yeah. they're going to be we're going to mass produce it so much that I don't think it's going to hold any long term extraordinary no, value. Right. I don't that's, see that's any perceptive uh, for a non toy collector. Well, you don't have anything have, in the box. I know here. business. So. I have all the boxes are in the closet. Oh really? <laughs> I just got the, the Teenage Mutant Turtles. Oh. <laughs> ah, Karate Turtles. That's awesome. It's like the bootleg. But no, because I think Disney. I mean, I think Disney. The only thing they they will limit their DVD releases of their of their core movies that they've had for years, but mm-hmm. the Star Wars stuff I think the Vault they paid four billion dollars for it. They've got to make their money back, and they're going to make probably make it back this past week. I mean, well, when the movie comes out, they're going to make a billion. That uh, fucking oh, robot. What is it? BB Eight. Yeah. yeah. Is it? Yeah. They have a toy. The so toy. cool. Yeah, the toy. Do you see oh the toy? God. Oh my god. That that baffles the mind. You can control it with your phone. Yeah. Well, there's a to- there's a video online with that toy in like a Yorkie, and the Yorkie is just shitting himself trying to get it. <laughs> I don't but, understand how it works, but, but yeah, <laughs> that's that, that, cool. that movie, even if it sucks, is gonna make a billion dollars. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Even if it was, I know I'm gonna see it at least three times uh, in the well, theater. It, even if it was made crappily, once in IMAX, it. once in IMAX 3D. <laughs> well, even if it was made crappily, once regular. I saw <laughs> episode one 12 times. Episode one. I was a little. I was. Like, I was young. Yeah. The Pod Racer movie. The podcaster. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Sebul by the podcaster. Well, fuck. As a child, did you enjoy it? Uh, no, I was just obsessed with Star Wars. Oh okay. Like, um, I thought it, like the first time I like saw it, I was like, whoa. Second time I saw it, I was like, I could see some like faults, you know. <laughs> uh, but I just was so obsessed with it. Uh-huh. I had to keep like it was like this. Uh, this glitch or something. I had, I just had, I had to keep seeing it. You know, like my entire room was Star Wars. What? I had, I had, I had a, a pool float that was a pod racer. You know, like a, wow. Yeah. I think that, I mean the difference with I think the ones that J.J. Abrams is making is he's going back old school. Mm-hmm. He's limiting the amount of digital input. I think it's he's mixing it tastefully. Well, because because yeah. I, I heard a thing uh, that the way he filmed like one scene, it was like. Like three football fields long mm-hmm. and just like 20, 30 cameras. Mm-hmm. And it was like a two minute scene where the, everything had to go completely yeah. right. And it was like people on the field with explosions and stuff. That's I, what you can do with a Disney budget. Well, that, well with a Star Wars budget. With a Star that, Wars budget. But I mean, yeah. it was one of those just reading, hearing about that, how he did that scene and had just all these different cameras to, to catch all the different angles and whatnot. And for everybody to have to work, I mean, there were hundreds of people who had to work in unison in this one, like, two-minute scene. And, you know, they could easily have digitally put people in there, but no, he's actually... I have the weirdest boner right now. (laughs) There's actually, you know, actual people on the field doing... I mean, they might add some things here and there, but the majority of it's actually the way George Lucas did it, or had to do it, you know? Yeah. Is that the dog from Johnny Quest? Yes. Shit, man. (laughs) Bandit. Okay... Final news. Uh, five Chinese warships are doing maneuvers in the Bering Sea off the coast of Alaska. I don't know anything about this I one. You that. don't? I haven't heard that either, no. Oh, cool. 
I heard that there might so, be a Russian uh, spy sub or spy ship off the coast. Where's your really? restroom? Right there. Thank you. Just we'll take that. a break and let's uh, take a commercial we'll, break. We'll, we'll marinate with that story and come right back. Transmission's got you down or your motor falls apart. That's the time to come the thunderbolt. You don't need a brand new car. We still believe in value and we pass it on to you. At Thunderbolt, we fix it right and we guarantee it too. Our Thunderbolt rebuilt motors and transmissions are dynamically tested and guaranteed. With our efficient installation, free towing is included. We put the year in your motor and transmission. And we're back. <laughs> did you have a nice pee, Matthew Tilly? I did. All right. It was great. Uh, so, yeah. I like there's the pat, pat, rub, rub. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, if you keep there's, if you normally uh... record, you can almost hear it while he's recording. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's true. The tinkle. The tinkle. The wee-wee. Um, so, yeah, there are five Chinese warships maneuvering in the Bering Sea. Uh, the Pentagon, just their comment was interesting. <laughs> that's it. Like, basically, that's all they said. Well, I mean, we have our ships all over the world and in their areas, too, protecting South Korea. And but have you seen the video that... that I haven't uh, seen That's the first I heard of the story. But there, there was a video that China released of, like, its military... Uh, in action, and it's it's all CGI, but it's <laughs> it's of uh, it's of them attacking the U.S. <laughs> like all their ships are launching missiles, so like ICBMs wow. and shit. No, it's it's pretty shit, oh. shit <laughs> shitty quality. Just like the uh, oh, it's like a straight to video of Stephen King, or movie. just like the bad photoshops yeah. North Korea used to do of the missiles launching the same trails, but. Let's do some non-conspiracy mental jogs for a second. Okay. okay, so like the stealth bomber that we have, yeah, that what we didn't know about that for a long time, right? Yeah. So as much as I hate America's uh, military complex, we've probably got shit. Can to you can... say this in a Russian accent? <laughs> By any chance? I am actually not good at the Russian accent. As much as I hate the American mil- uh, military complex, uh, we have this. Uh, this uh, we probably have shit that can kill anybody like if we if, oh yeah if, yeah. if, if it, like you know world war three starts or something we've we've got shit that will probably just destroy anything it's kind of weird isn't it all right I mean, i'll i'll throw in my conspiracy all right do it, do it do it uh i think we talked about it on a couple shows already but they have these things called the the rods of god oh the and, rods and uh they can be launched from a satellite and, uh, These are physical rods tungsten, that are shot down. Tungsten rods, yes. yeah. They need no propulsion. They Isn't just this have real? To be... Is this conspiracy? It came from G.I. Joe, but yes, I think they're real. I thought this was real at this point. I think yeah, they I mean, are. I think, I think a lot of the stuff we have I'm today... confused because I'm drunk and, you know, the internet. What's in that big Fruit 44? <laughs> this is just wrong. Wrong. <laughs> 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 it's rum and diet Dr. Pepper. Okay. Well, you know, a lot of the stuff we have today came from science fiction. Oh, yeah, science fiction yeah. inspiration. So, so just because it came from G.I. Joe doesn't mean it's not real or wasn't, you know. <laughs> Are you really drunk right now? <laughs> I told you. Okay, okay. Uh, I told you I was going to be drunk. <laughs> this is my one thing about coming to the podcast. <laughs> it's the conspiracy stuff that makes me dance in the chair, way he, though. Being drunk is the only way you can make it to Pasadena. Uh, Guys, who wants a rap battle? 
Did you go to rap battle? No, no, I'm I'm, I'm not a good uh, improviser. Okay, but I'm an okay beatboxer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm a bad beatboxer. Don't do it. Don't do it. Uh, Tungsten rods. What? Tungsten rods. Tungsten rods shot from space. In the conspiracy world, they're saying that that's what that that explosion was in China. That oh really? Giant explosion at that uh, chemical. chemical storage. Well, there's two. There's two expl- There's yeah. that real big one, and there's a secondary. There one. was another one in a different location, like a week after, or maybe the, the same, same week. But I think you could probably throw a quarter from space, and by the time it, you know. It would burn up in the atmosphere. Well, I'm just saying, but something from that high of altitude, by the time it would hit something on the ground, no matter, you know, if they, if, during a hurricane, <laughs> you know, during a hurricane, if a pine needle can go through like a piece of wood, go through like a tree, uh-huh. imagine what a quarter would do to you your know. mom. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> no, you don't want this. <laughs> it's bad. <laughs> There's no ice in there, so. It melted. Wow. Uh, yeah, we're about at an hour right now. <laughs> we're doing an hour 30, right? <laughs> Maybe, possibly. Let's take it to two. Oh, God. Uh, I have no more news stories. That was it. Do you have any more cool music to we're, play? We're going to have to go to friend questions now. <laughs> friend questions! Friend questions! This is Ron Ryan. <laughs> is that douchey? Is that douchey music? <laughs> It just sounded old. Sometimes when you're too close to the subject, uh, you lose you lose uh, vision. Anyway, uh, Eric Eddy asks, what's the most outrageous scene from a movie you've ever seen? Anal Acrobats 5. I, I think he meant like an actual oh, film. Oh, shit. Not, uh, <laughs> don't, don't, I don't know if it's outrageous, but probably one scene that always makes you kind of cringe. And I saw it the other night. American uh-huh. History X. Where he's like, bite the curb. The curb stomping? Yeah, but like when a guy puts his teeth against the curb, just the the, the sound guy or the sound people, uh, the teeth kind of just like scraping. Yeah, you have to think of like the Foley like, artist who made that work. It gave me... What t- sounds like teeth scraping against the curb? How can we recreate this? No, seriously, like that, just the sound, like kind of gave me just like, you could almost like feel if somebody's really doing that to me. And like, not the stomping itself, just that one little scene of his teeth scraping. <laughs> Like no seriously, because it sounded so like what you would think it would sound like. It's not the act of stomping the guy's no. teeth. It's... Uh, okay, okay. I think my most disturbing moment, uh, Godfather Two. Um, I think there's like some senator in like um one of the hotels that like uh, you know like uh, what's his name's brother is working at. Well, who's the main guy? You know, Michael. Michael. Corleone? Oh. Yeah. So his brother, like Luigi, Luigi or something, I don't know. Uh, you know the dumb one? Fredo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. High five. Dude, thanks for helping me out. <laughs> uh, so Fredo is sent to uh, Las Fucking Vegas yeah, to yeah. Uh, work on these hotels. Uh-huh. And a senator uh, walks out of a hotel room and he's like covered with like blood. And he's like saying, she said she liked it. That's the most disturbing scene to me. <laughs> like, he's, like, confused. What the fuck? Yeah, I don't like, remember that part. Yeah, like, he killed a hooker uh-huh. in some sort of sex act. Uh-huh. Yeah, at least the way I remember Oh, man. And he's like, she said she was, like, into it. That is the most disturbing scene to me because that's, like, it's, it's like, so disillusioned that you could 
go really far with the person and actually kill them. Because, you know, we've all done weird shit in sex and when we're drunk. But, like, uh, to be at the point where you could be like, I'm, that's the best thing about good directors is they don't tell you the whole story. They make yes. you. They make you figure out. They make you bring your they, own dark shit. Yes. Yes. Uh, what fucked up thing is in your own mind? That portrait of uh, what was this? Finishes this the, one the book picture. by um, um, Portrait of Dorian Gray. Picture of Dorian Gray. Uh-huh. Oh, who is this author? Don't know. He's very clever. Oh God. Okay. So, uh, really, are you like a, you a literature fan? I'm drunk, uh, I'm sorry. can't say that I read all that much. Yeah, I don't read a whole lot myself. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, come on. All right, all right. You talk amongst yourselves, I'm going to look this up. So, uh, that Misfits uh, Masters of the Universe parody, that was amazing. I think I've sent you other ones before. I forget which ones. The... Actually, I think I've seen that before, but... Because uh... normally I see parodies like that, you pop in my mind. Oh, I forgot to answer the question. <clears throat> oh, Oscar Wilde. Uh, Oscar Wilde, okay. So he has this book called uh, The Picture of Dorian Gray. Uh, and this guy has a painting of himself. Mm-hmm. Every time he does a bad deed, the painting gets uglier. Yeah. Um, and he says at one point, like how he has ruined the lives of many uh, young men mm-hmm. in England mm-hmm. uh, from his actions. You don't know what it means, but you bring to the table what you want it to mean. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the beauty of it. Like, uh, if you're going to write something truly horrible, like like Lovecraft horrible, you have to give the reader room to make it horrible. You yeah. can't tell it like you can't tell every detail. Right. You have to give them room to bring their own faults, their own insecurities, mm-hmm. and their own like the things they're scared about. You have to bring yeah. like let them have that space. Right. Because if you spell out everything, they're gonna be like, okay, that that was your personal journey of horrible. That it. That's funny because I've always adopted, well, I can't say lately, but I've always adopted that it's a much more interesting piece of art if you let the, the viewer tell a story. Yeah. Instead of, that's that's why I got started doing uh, like monster portraits. Really? One frame, maybe it has one caption, but... My my favorite uh, viewer in in talking to these people have always been the people that get it that like make up their own shit or you know go along with the story that I've created but not, I never told. Do you them. know I don't know how to quantify like I don't know how to I don't know how to I couldn't give a description of your art to anybody I couldn't I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, I love it. And it's, like, something that affects me personally. The second I see it, it resonates with me. But I don't know if I could tell anybody what it is. It's it's almost like a soap opera meets uh, <laughs> the end of the world, you know? Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think just when... I know, because I've seen your art for years. I think just when you can start to, like, kind of kind of get a little area, oh, okay, it's kind of like... Then you start doing something else. like That kind of fits. It, it's, like, in the same theme, but then it kind of goes... Because uh-huh. it used to be, I could almost describe you as like a futuristic sci-fi, some of your stuff. Then you start doing some other stuff. I'm like, it doesn't fit in that category anymore, <laughs> you know? You mix, you always have to you mix minutia with terror. I-, I love that. It's day-to-day shit. It's relationship problems mixed with the most terrifying thing you could think of. Like, yeah. 
I have, I, I got mixed up with radiation and, you know, I miss you. <laughs> my fucking shoelace broke. <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, that's, that's my favorite. I, I, I think it's wonderful. Thank you, thank you. Uh, oh, I didn't answer. I know um, I loved you before I met you. <laughs> didn't, uh, shit. You know, <laughs> the most outrageous scene I can think of isn't, outrageous because it was outrageous it was outrageous because the director actually included it in the movie even though it's so silly uh i went to the theater to see saw Shrek two. Oh. saw and i don't know why but uh oh i was with some stoner friends of mine uh they is this <laughs> they, the original saw the original saw okay uh the end scene where uh what is his name? Iceman from uh, Carrie Ells. Well, that wasn't Iceman. No. Anyway, that was, name is... that was Val Kilmer. Uh, Carrie Ells was sawing his own uh, his own foot off with a hacksaw. And he's saying, I have to save my family. And like the act of him saying that while he's doing that and his facial expression just made me burst into, into tears laughing. Oh, so it was, it was, like, comical. To me. Okay. Uh, like, it was, it was a bad performance or something. Like it was, it was just the combination of the three oh, so made it So this was not completely... an emotional thing where you were, like, sad or, like, terrified? No. Okay. <laughs> no, not in the least. Uh, I was laughing uncontrollably in a dark theater of silent <laughs> people. Yeah. <laughs> The only thing I heard, other than my muffled laughing, was some lady behind me saying, Sick. Just sick. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> that didn't help. That probably make you laugh even no. more. No, I was trying to control myself. Uh, this wait, is, this wait. is coming from the person who has a painting of a forest fire. Wait, wait, was she was she saying, you're sick for laughing yes, at that? Okay. Yes. Oh, I thought she was like saying sick at the screen. No, no. <laughs> she was calling she was, you sick. She was calling me sick. Well, you are. Oh, I know, but still, it was it was a terrible... Watch it. Go watch that scene. What's if you name? ever see Saw again... His name is Ben something. I don't know, but man, it's fucking terrible. No, I'm thinking of the angel. Sorry, not Iceman. You said Iceman? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was thinking of the angel. No, I don't know who that actor is. The angel Iceman? No, no, I, I know, I've seen the... Uh, I, the X-Men? Or the you? Iceman guy in other movies. <laughs> but the angel character, that actor was in a, a Disney show I watched as a kid called Flash Forward. Oh, really? Yeah. So I've always loved him. Uh, he's not done well as an actor. Are you talking about the X-Men? Yeah, the okay, angel guy. Okay, okay, cool. Gotcha. Yeah. He is not done well. No. He, uh... he keeps getting these little side parts and he never takes off. <laughs> yeah, no. I love watching actors like this. He's been in a few Marvel movies, actually. and, and Really? Just uh, nothing, yeah, nothing yeah. happens. I love... Uh, who's the guy who plays the Hulk? Uh... Lou Ferrigno? <laughs> the new Hulk. <laughs> oh, that's old school, man. Uh... We know his name. It's not it, uh, Ed Norton. No. It's... Uh... Mark Ruffalo. Okay. Yeah, so for years, they tried to make Ruffalo like a leading man. They mm-hmm. did. Like, he was in all sorts of, like, startup films. He was in all these, like, uh, romantic pair-up films. Yeah. He never took off. And the Avengers? Now he's, like, he's fucking the shit. <laughs> <I know. laughs> because they CGI'd him 
eight times his own size. I don't know. His face looks great as the Hulk. I think yeah. that's their selling point. Yeah. I like Mark Ruffalo's Hulk face the best. <laughs> it still looks like Mark Ruffalo. It's like they've just pushed in different elements of his face. I'm glad he's successful. Yeah, good for him. Uh, I think we're done. I think we're done. What? We're yeah. not even close to done. We're done, we man. We have so much more to talk about. Like what? Just tell me. I'm, I'm, I got nothing to do, so. Are you bored? If we keep it going, just keep it going. We can keep it going. Let's do it. Going. Let's do it. All right. I'm totally interested. We're doing it. All right, all right, all right. We're going into overtime. Uh. That's right, no right? <laughs> Okay, okay, uh, let's see. Let's get some topics. It's the Matthew Tilly Show with Matthew Tilly. Let's talk about fire safety. Fire safety? <laughs> uh, I have a shortage of fire extinguishers in this house. I, I realize this. I have one. Same here. I have one fire extinguisher in my house. Oh, man. I don't even know where it is at the moment. Oh, you need multiples, man. You need one in every room, basically. <laughs> <laughs> it's a racket by the fire extinguisher industry. Yeah. What's that song where uh, Grandma got run over by a reindeer? That's the song. That's the song. Oh. <laughs> do you want me to sing it for you? <laughs> I probably have a cover of it on my phone. I thought we could do like a rap battle here. No. You guys want to rap? No, no, no. Not, Nobody wants to rap. No, not, a, rap. not on my show. Sorry. <laughs> are you are you uh, anti-rap? No, I'm not. I just don't want to. I just don't want to do it. You want a freestyle? <laughs> Nope. I think you got the skills, man, though. No, not at all. No? No rhyming? <laughs> no. I'm, I'm the worst at it, so I know what you mean. Okay. Uh, do you like dogs? Moderately, yeah. Uh, what, 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 what animal is preferable to you? I cat? like cats. You're a cat yeah, guy. I'm a cat guy. You're a cat guy, too? I like cats, but I also have a dog. There's two cat guys. He has a room? super cat. I have a, yeah. I have two normal what cats. What is your cat? Is it like a cheetah or something? No, he's just this fluffy black cat, but he... Uh, Chases squirrels. He's caught squirrels. No, I have a picture of him playing. Not with an accurate a, uh, description. You're raising a you're raising a killer here. I have a picture of him playing with a um, coral snake. Like teasing it, like or like making friends. Oh, like trying to kill it. Okay. Like he, we don't know where he got it, but he it went into the sewer and he went after it. So your cat goes, it enters the sewer. Oh, my cat. My cat will go in the sewer on one side of the road and come out on the other. With uh, with something dead in its hands. Not always, but... My cat, my cat has deliberately chased the dog on a leash before. My, and the one time you and your cousin came over... Uh, he, okay, how tall is this tree? I feel like your cat works out. He does. That cat was probably 30 feet in that tree. Uh, At least 30 feet. Like, he just shuffled up the tree chasing a squirrel. He ran, ran up the tree. <laughs> ran, I've never seen an animal run straight up before. Okay, what's your favorite thing right now? Favorite thing? Just favorite thing right now. This microphone. That's a weirdly bad answer. Why? Like, what's your favorite? Th- what, what are you into? What are you, are you looking at cats? I got a dental appointment that just came up. <laughs> what's your but favorite show? What's your favorite music? What's, like, uh, what's your very most thing you're into right now? Revenge of the World podcast. That's your, really that is his, into it that right is his passion. Self advertising. No, no, that's like that is his passion. I know this man. What is your favorite thing right now? Uh, musically, I've really been into Frank Turner lately. Yeah, never given a chance. Pretty good. I like, yeah, I enjoy him. Mm. Some, of, I mean, some of the songs. It's Frank Turner's one of those weird 
like a lot of times his just him by himself is better than his full band. But some of his full band stuff is better. So he's got like a solo Frank Turner and he's got like a collective Frank Turner. Yeah, he okay. like his new album, the deluxe version, has like pretty much bands, like full band versions of the songs and solo versions of the songs. Okay. And so, and I've seen him play live. Doing so you like both. the more intimate versions? Actually, it, of the older stuff, yeah. The newer stuff, some of the newer stuff, the whole band version is pretty good. Let's see what else. We have more to talk about here. I promise you. I know we do. I mean, stuff happens every day. Stuff happens every day. You are correct. Um, uh, what do you feel about the uh, the next Avengers movie, the um, Civil War? Are you a Marvel dude? Having read Civil War, I read it too. Uh, I don't know how it's going to convert to. You know what I'm worried about? Film. They uh, they showed the two sides. Like this is the Iron Man side. This is the mm-hmm. Captain, and there's like five guys on both sides. And I'm like, yeah, this is supposed to be like a like the, all of the fucking superheroes. Yeah, know? that was my that was my concern when they first brought it up. I don't know how they. I thought it's too early. The universe is too small. I mean, it's it's a pretty it, successful project. There's a lot of superheroes that have come out of this thing, but it still feels small when you're yeah. doing like when you're supposed to be having all the superheroes fighting against each other. Mm-hmm. And there's like twelve people. Well, I don't think that and Hulk's not even there. Hulk? What? He's not there. He's not in the film. Really? He's somewhere else. I don't know if they're doing a Planet Hulk like Planet Hulk thing or something. I, I don't know what they're doing, but he's not there. It's, and it's not kind of a contractual thing. It's a storyline thing. Hmm. It's, it's intentional. Oh, yeah. Once those actors well, are on, they have to do any movie that they put forth. Mm-hmm. I know Doctor Strange is going to be in it. And he was part of them sending Hulk off into space. Was he? Yeah. Okay. So, But so is Reed Richards, and that's fucked. Oh, okay. Here's a topic. Can you make a Fantastic Four movie? Can I make it? No, no, no. no. Obviously not. <laughs> Can a Fantastic Four movie look cool? Yes, if it's Marvel making it. Yeah, they made Ant Man. Cool. Can you make a? Sh- yeah, they can that, do that's Fantastic totally Four. Okay, so I watched Ant Man. I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. but it was like, it was really careful. Like it yeah. made sure, mm-hmm. like it was always cool and not corny. Like, yeah, and there was a and lot the of corny moments. stuff. Was cute corny stuff. Exactly, it's and not. It, it walked a tightrope the entire film. Yeah. I, can you make a stretchy guy cool? <laughs> can you do this on film? It was great in the 50s or something. You know? There's got to be a way to do it, but I, I can't think of a, a way. No. I, I truly don't think you can bring Fantastic Four on film. Things cool. Things cool. Everybody's cool except... <laughs> Mr. Fantastic. Like, grabbing things that are out of your reach is not the best superpower. You know? Maybe if the elastic part were his tendons and connecting tissue. <laughs> where his bones were, like, normal, but the part between was stretching. I've never even thought about the bones. Just you just really... We have stretchy bones now? We gotta do something fucked up Damn. to make him not want to be that way. <laughs> like, uh... Like, the only reason he becomes stretchy is in a battle or to solve a problem. Or to reach something. <laughs> exactly! It's like... 
I mean, if like, you can do most of the movie without him having to do that. Okay, I will give you this. If like I was sitting on my couch and I wanted a beer, uh-huh. like turning into a, a human flame would be less productive than being able to like reach into my kitchen. Right. So like this is a great everyday superpower. But being like a human fireball is awesome if you're like battling a bad guy. Yes. But I don't know how to be like interpersonal relationships. Stretchy is. I don't see. It doesn't seem like a superpower. It it comes off way better as a comic book because nobody gets burned alive. Fire is so fucking dangerous. Everything's flammable around you. Well, you know, this guy can't come into my house. Obviously, I just don't know how this guy has any pants on after he gets he turns into fire. You can't have like they can't be normal pants. You have some like sort of flame retardant material, but. Nice asbestos tuxedo you have on. But, like, look at Hulk, That must have cost a fortune. Like, Hulk has these shorts that always stay on. That's Mm -hmm. not going to happen. No. You know. No, that big old dick's coming out. That that green giant Hulk (laughs) dick is going to be, like, wagging around everywhere. It's literally the size of my arm. (laughs) It's, like, the size of a Buick. Uh, And it depends on which Hulk. It gets bigger and bigger every single year. I thought you were going to say it depends on which Buick. <laughs> <laughs> it gets big. Oh, God. All right, we have to do one more topic. I'm All not, right, one more. I, I'm not done yet. Uh, what do you guys think about this whole Lorena Bobbitt thing? <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> that's, we're all doing new, new stories not, now. <laughs> that's news throwback. Uh... What would you do if you got your dick cut off? Uh, not much different than what I'm doing now. That is talking a... to two dudes on a <laughs> fucking podcast. I don't need my dick right now. Oh, what's your what's your um, who listens to this? Uh, like, do you have any feedback? Like, how many people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. your numbers? Uh, <laughs> this is kind of embarrassing. Can we talk about this after? Yeah, like, okay, I'm sorry I said this, listeners. Uh, I don't. Uh, there's, there's people, from Russia. it's not a lot of people, but it's people from freaking everywhere. Like, I never would have, ex- well, I, of course, it's on the internet, so it's worldwide. But there's people that typically wouldn't speak English, mm-hmm. I would think. But, of course, there's probably people speaking English everywhere very common language it is so uh yeah people all over the place just not in giant numbers which is why lone star buttons is one of my sponsors guys remember guy with a machine and car repairs with thunderbolt motors (laughs) he did play the thunderbolt motor song yeah that's why i'm promoting them this is our advertiser. This is our person. I don't even think... Are they still in business? Yes. I think oh, so, okay. actually. God damn it. Now i got to make a phone call. Um, have you ever done a podcast naked? Not yet. Did you ever do one solo? Yes. Really? Why wasn't I and naked? you weren't naked? I don't know. I don't know why. Have you ever masturbated while you were recording your voice? Uh, <laughs> no. No, you had to think no. about that one though. Well, it just it actually sounded like he was masturbating. He's he was like, <laughs> unless the NSA is listening right now. Um, what's the weirdest date you've ever been on? The weirdest date. 
I had a date at my sister's house that was pretty weird. This is starting out weird. I like it. I He lived with his sister. I was dating so much. Yeah, I was living with my sister at the time. Uh, I was dating so much, I didn't give a fuck about dating, really. Because I was just meeting a bunch of strangers and having conversations with uh, them. What was your venue? Like, Was this uh, OkCupid? Um, the green sheet? Uh, what was it? Craigslist? I think it was I think it was Facebook. Christian singles. No, I think it was Facebook. You just like messaging uh, random girls and hooking up? Well, at the time, uh yeah, pretty much. Nice. I think I think you could do that at some point, right? I don't well, know if you can do that now. There's certain but... social mores like where, you know, like a, like Facebook is supposed to be the safe place. Mm-hmm. Like you're not supposed to um Bombard. It could have been match. I'm not sure. You have a match too. I w- that's how I met my current girlfriend. Nice. Oh, you 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 were in a relationship. Yes. Okay. My cool. Girlfriend's probably in the other room. Oh, what's her name? Jessica. She come in here. No, she wouldn't. Want to. She's no, she is, doesn't want. To. Is she a bit shy? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, how long have y'all been dating? Uh, four years. So I I probably met her when you were at yeah uh, yeah she was recon. at the table. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Let's talk about that L Recon thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so art is like a fine line. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I, I'm i very glad I met you there. But like uh, the L Recon social thing, whatever that is, mm-hmm. um, there's like a, like art either works or it's really embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. Like you go to a, this, this art show and like either art is on point or it's like... Do you remember what was showing at the, at that time? There was like some giant metal ball thing with spikes. I don't, um, I don't even remember. Sculpture is really difficult to pull off. What was it? Uh, I think it was like some kind of new thing. Some kind of suspension stuff. The sculpture? Mm-hmm. We're talking about the sculpture? Which, which sculpture was it? It was hanging from the ceiling, right? I thought it was like a canoe or something. Yes, a canoe. It was like a boat, raft with spider water, webs or something. Was water coming through it? I don't know. Oh, it was filled with ice. Was it? Yes. Mm. And the ice was melting out of it, uh, and it was doing something else. I don't. I don't remember really. So I, I saw you, uh-huh. and I saw your work. You know, that was the that was like the best part of my night. I'm not trying to be mean, but all the art there to me was a joke. Really? And then I, yeah, I'm I'm kind of a total fucking asshole. Um, <laughs> like I'm very hard on art. I am, but I saw your your shit and I was like, this makes my night. Uh-huh. And I've you know I followed you ever since. Uh, but I'm really interested in this idea of art where like how if if you're you're not there, you're kind of a joke. Like art doesn't really have this middle ground like you either are kind of like you get it or you don't well that, that's all based on other people's perception, perception. Yeah, exactly yeah, yeah yeah so there's no real way to gauge yourself and that's kind of scary as an artist uh there has to be the acceptance of a viewer and if there's a viewer that accepts it there's probably going to be more but okay. how do you get to that point? My friend sent me a I'm zine sure. the other day. Like, well, I'm, I say the word friend. He's more of an acquaintance. Mm-hmm. He sends me this zine, and this is a comprehensive work. 
This is like full color, 40 pages. Mm-hmm. Uh, multiple panels per page. This is a work. Mm-hmm. And it is shit. <laughs> God damn it. No, it, it, it's like embarrassing. There's like... Yeah. He uses the wrong there. <laughs> you know, he, he, he misspells words. On purpose? No. No. Are you sure? I, I'm... I'm, I'm positive. <laughs> it's supposed to be ironic. It's supposed to be like this socially relevant thing. Uh-huh. Like every uh, frame is like this like quip, a uh, little, little statement on social things. But it's all really blasé and played out already. Mm. Uh, it like wants to be really smart. Um, he sends me this because he wants me to like. Do review. you know how old the zine maker is? About my age, thirty, okay. maybe late twenties. Are you thirty? I'm thirty-one. How do you? I thought you were a lot younger. I look young. I'm 47. You're 47? <laughs> I'm just joking. How old are you? I'm uh, 38. Okay, God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> um, so he sends me this work, and it's like, he obviously spent a lot of time on this. Yeah. He worked on this forever, and it is pure shit. It is like self-indulgent, like hipster shit i don't like it at all so i have to think perhaps at some point somebody's gonna read my shit and think this is self-indulgent hipster shit you know yeah i don't think that's possible but the thing about zines is anybody can do one anybody has access to that technology it doesn't all you need is a photocopier at minimum and a kinko's yeah so uh, i mean Zines varying quality. That's all I'm trying to say. say. I was say, I did one. You made a zine? Like, let's see, when I'm 37 now, so, oh, shit, it's probably, I was like 19 when I did it. Holy so shit, like, do you still have it? I, I'm i a hoarder of paper, so it's probably buried in a box somewhere. <laughs> okay, you have but to it bring it next episode. Yeah, you should bring that. Shit, I gotta I find it. That. But it was like, mine was like kind of a music-esque zine. Mm. Um, we like reviewing things? I don't, know, I don't remember if I reviewed stuff or what. I mean, it wasn't very... It was probably... This was a lifetime ago. It was. It was probably... How many pages is this one? It was probably like a third of this one. But... It was that same size. Yeah. <laughs> but it was that same size. But yeah, I mean... It was... I'm not artistically talented whatsoever. And I hand drew... You're not an art dude? No. I can't You draw. make buttons, but you're not an art dude. No. He lets the artist make yeah. design the buttons and he creates them. Really? Yeah. You're the facilitator. Yes. Because I have no I have no I, I can play music, but I cannot draw or do anything art wise. So mm. That's uh yeah, so like mine was like hand- What's your uh, favorite band? I don't know if I You can do like top five or something. Like give me an estimation. I don't need your favorite. Well, like I said we talked about Frank Turner earlier. Right. Um William Elliott Whitmore. Uh, I've really also been in the Reverend Horton Heat lately. Uh, what else? Oh, what? The Descendants as always, but it's just... Descendants is one of those bands that I've always liked, so... <laughs> what are your favorite I'm bands? I'm wondering if you can hear that leaf blower in the background. <laughs> I can hear it. In your headphones? I can't tell. That would be a drag. Anyway, uh, I don't like music. I hate music. It's music boring blows. to me. Fuck music. 
fuck people in bands. What's your least uh, <laughs> favorite from, band? Coming from, from, ba- from the person who sold much of his musical gear to buy his podcast gear. I, I did, and it was well worth it. Hey, remember when we all lost our collective minds? I mean, I didn't like this guy, but remember that Got Ye song? Somebody that I used to know? Mm-mm. Sing, really? Sing a few bars, I don't remember. By who? Got Ye. I don't even know who that is. It's like... I'm not going to sing it, sorry. Let's do a... <laughs> what about a, the thrift shop song? I don't know. You're fucking with me. <laughs> I'm serious. I don't what? know what you're talking about. You don't like... Thrift shop song? You don't interact with any kind of pop culture? No. Not music-wise, no. Oh, Fuck God. Like that. <laughs> I don't have time for that shit, man. <laughs> All right. Um, what's your favorite band? Uh, I don't really have one. What are some of your favorite albums? Uh, the other night, I was drawing around 2 in the morning, and I played a Thelonious Monk. Uh, I guess it was some kind of uh, just documentary on him, and it played a lot of his music, and it was fucking awesome. Yeah? Yeah. So is this That's new? That's the kind of shit that I... Huh? So this is a new thing for you? Jazz? No. No, no. Um, monk. Thelonious Monk? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. I liked Charles Mingus for what's a long time. What's your favorite pizza topping? Pizza topping? Uh... Mine's mushroom and olives. Really? Mm-hmm. Weird. I don't like mushrooms. I, I don't like olives. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had uh, the uh, Philly all... cheesesteak pizza well, that recently. really yeah. American. It's very uh, flavorful. If I go to Star Pizza, the Joe's with the spinach... And garlic. Spinach and chicken. That sounds amazing. That's my shit right there. Dude, the spinach and garlic one at, at Star Pizza, I hope you better like garlic because you're going to be burping it for the next two hours after you eat that pizza. Oh, it's man. It's ridiculously good. I do like garlic, but I hate garlic breath. Are mm-hmm. any of you vegetarians? No. 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 Okay. Do I look like a vegetarian? <laughs> Go on. Are you? Yeah, dude, I'm fat too. Look at this shit. Whoa. Just kidding. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> I love when skinny people are like, I got fat, and they're like holding This is hanging <laughs> over my pants. This is hanging over my pants. This is real fat. <laughs> I don't buy it. All, all fat lives matter. I guess. Anyway, we're going to wrap this up because I'm tired of sitting in this chair and you guys are driving me nuts. Thanks for listening to us. Uh, we've had a wonderful session tonight. I love, I love this podcast. Uh, Matthew Tilly, you're always invited back. You've been a very sexy crowd. Uh, Adam, thank you. Always fun. A dog, the button man. Uh, LoneStarButtons.com and DonkeyPaw.com and dadstakes.com Mr. Bateman at ectopicworks.com Thank you to the sponsors and good night. Drive safe. Cue the after music. I'm trying to. (laughs) (laughs) Dead air. Dead air. Dead air. I don't think this is as easy as you probably think it is. Uh, It is time for you to stop all of your sudden Good night and go fuck yourselves gently.
Stop it! 